Hey, race fans, calling all hockey fans, calling all hockey fans. Why are we looking for hockey fans, you might ask? Because Goat Sports Media has released its newest podcast, Tea with Miss McGill. It can be found on Apple, Spotify, and all the favorite places that you podcast. This podcast is going to concentrate on Minnesota high school hockey mainly, a little bit of touch of Division I and Division Three college hockey, and we'll touch on some major stories of the NHL. So Tea with Miss McGill, the latest podcast from Gold Sports Media. Go check it out. All right, race fans, Ryan Aho here and the one and only Bert Lehman. Bert, how the heck you doing, man? I'm doing really good. Uh, it's Bristol week, so uh, I've been trying to, uh, we'll get into this later on in the show, but I've been trying to watch as much as I can because um, there's a lot of uh, Eastern Wisconsin drivers there. So uh, I'm trying to stay on top of things there. Yeah, we'll talk about that a little bit because you know a lot more people there than I do even because there's really not a lot of Minnesota <laughs> guys down there. But uh, hey, it's episode 71A, baby. That's uh, 71, right? That's my number, 71A. So, <laughs> oh, that, I, I was what? Ever. I was wondering where the A came from, but now I understand. <laughs> well, the A came from, well, that's a difference of opinion, right? There depends on who you talk to on where the A came from. But uh, back when I raced, there was a pile of cars, you know, there was less classes, right? And way more cars per class. So like a lot of times I'd go to, I'd go down to Cedar Lake, even for a, like a regular show, there'd be 40, 50 supers. You can go to a special, there's a hundred chances are there's at least two or three of, of drivers in the same number. I just, uh, after my first year in supers, I'm like, I don't want to just duct tape an X on there or whatever. I'm just going to go with the A and, and that's where it kind of came from. So we had 71A pretty much every year I raced, except for a couple of years I drove for somebody else. So um, you talk to other people, they're like, I know what that A stands for. And I'm like, oh, come on, <laughs> come on now. So <clears throat> actually, uh, so we got Outlaw, we got Outlaw Graphics here, right? New sponsor of the show. And uh, they actually have buyracerch.com. So any race car drivers out there, if you're on a budget or if you want to buy a ton of them, they have kind of everything there to fit your needs. Uh, check that out, buyracerch.com. T-shirts, buy racer, buy a racer for racers. So take a look at that. We are talking there, Bert, um, yesterday, you know, about drivers having search. And myself, I'm like, I never really cared to make much. I wasn't Scott Bloomquist, so I wasn't going to make, you know, 50 grand a year on, on t-shirt sales. I'm like, it's just kind of cool when you see people with your shirt on and lo and behold at Bristol, one of my old pit guys, Tex was down there and uh, I saw a picture of him sporting the old 71A shirt on there. So I'm like, <laughs> they're still around. It's been a while, but they're still around. So I thought that was pretty cool. But uh, Hey, we had some racing last week and you know, to start out, there was supposed to be a race that had a ton of Wissota guys at it. They were going to have the battle at the bull ring in Humboldt. Of course, that got canceled due to rain. That's been pushed back a couple weeks. They got the King of America USMTS deal, and they're going to have the King of uh, the King of America and the Battle at the Bull Ring kind of running together. So a couple weeks from now, that's going to be a big show down there in Humboldt. But uh, let's start off with some uh, open wheel. Let's start off with some buggies. You know, uh, Keith, this is for you. We're going to start with the wing sprints, right? And I don't know how to say it. I really don't. But the racing for the sprint cars was a little bit more exciting than the late models yet again. So I'm kind of getting transitioned over. 
Um, did you get a chance, Herbert, to watch the sprint car action uh, for the World of Outlaws this past weekend? Um, I watched the the highlights of the features that the World of Outlaws Sprint Car Series puts on YouTube. So uh, they they cut out uh, you know the the cautions and all of that stuff. But uh, yeah, I agree with you. Uh, it, they every race this year, I think, for the sprint cars uh, has been exciting. Uh, lots of passing, uh, and well, and uh, we've talked about this before, but the announcer makes it even more exciting than. <laughs> than what the action on the track may be and uh but i mean this leads to a question and we may you may have to ask our sprint car experts on this um as i was watching the highlights and um i'm thinking of a late model race you know because they race a lot on the same tracks even um do the sprint cars ever have a lockdown rubber up track where it's one lane um it's, it's rare. It's rare. I mean, they had that one last year. I don't remember where that one was at. Maybe it was at Husets, I think, where like everybody blew their right rear tires off that thing, but it's extremely rare. And I think it's because if things are so light and dicey that even though they got the big fat tires, they, they really aren't searching for traction. They're just chucking sliders and they're just, I mean, they move around the racetrack a whole lot better than a late model. A late model you know, I've seen some awesome racing, of course, with the late models, but it tends to get one lane a little bit more often with the late models. So the track prep guy, they got to bring their A game and it can be a complete marbly disaster with the sprint cars and they're just chucking sliders and going all right. over the place. So, so I think there's that. And, and honestly, Bert, I think part of it is the late model guys, you know, I, I, Keith, I'm sorry, right? But the late model guys maybe are a little smarter, right? There's more technology in them cars. So they get their cars where there's traction and they know where to be on the racetrack. And the sprint car guys, maybe they just don't even know where to be. They just balls to the walls wide open, hit them in the head with a hammer. They go full throttle and uh, they just make it work. So maybe that's part of it. I'm not really sure. Yeah, I mean, because I've been to late model shows where, you know, the late model feature has locked down, but then the support classes come out, race their features and they're passing, racing two, three wide. But, you know, I've always been told that that's because of the difference in the tires, you know, the late model tires, but the sprint cars have really nice tires too, but maybe it does have something to do with how much they weigh and just, you know, the, the sheer uh, ratio of speed to tires and, and that sort of thing. Yeah, there's some variables there. I mean, the suspension in a, in a late model, they, they hook up a lot better. So, you know, the variance between like in the right group and not in the right group is, is huge. But uh, I tell you, this, I think that's why I like the sprint cars better sometimes because they're not all stuck in one line. I mean, they're, I mean, a couple of weeks back at East Bay, right? It was uh, Aaron Reitzel, the cushions like two thirds of the way up the track. He's like, and traditionally, a late mode guy, mod guy, most people would be like, well, you're going to put your right rear on that cushion yep. and go. And he's like, screw that. It's like a curb up there. If you hit it wrong, you're shoving the nose. I'm just going to go above that and make something happen. And, and I've seen that with um, with the modifieds. I remember Steve Arpin doing that at Cedar Lake uh, quite a few years ago. So maybe that's just that open wheel mentality where they're kind of all over the racetrack making it happen, but not a knock on the late model guys, you know, but, but the fact is I'm, I'm kind of getting maybe a little bit moved over a little further to that sprint car deal. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. So that speaking of the race, so Friday night, they were over, this was a rescheduled deal because they had weather down there down south a couple weeks back. They were at the Mag, Magnolia, Mississippi, and uh, 
What a race. Uh, about halfway through the race, a little bit over halfway, Sheldon Hoddenschild and Logan Schuhart were kind of battling. Schuhart looked like he had it, and all of a sudden, here comes Sheldon charging, and he's that checkers or wreckers guy. Something exciting is going to happen. They swapped sliders a little bit. He drove off to his first win of the year, so that was a great battle, and if you missed it, jump on uh, either Dirt Vision and, and watch the whole replay, go to World of Outlaws, on facebook or on youtube and you can kind of watch yep. the replay in uh, just an awesome race and then saturday night they were at the rev monroe louisiana and another great race i mean they were side by side um david gravel out dueled brad sweet the big cat and uh, gravel got his first win and bert what's interesting to me kind of like speed weeks in florida right it's like is there going to be a repeat winner at any point in time here right i mean what's going to happen six winners in the world of outlaws in six races to start the season. And I, I kind of saw that we talked about that before the season coming in, like the sprint cars were pretty exciting. And it's kind of like back in the day when there was like a whole bunch of them, you had, you know, there were several that were fun to watch and it's kind of gotten back to that. So I, I'm pretty excited for the world of outlaws sprint car season. How about you? Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, it seems like there's a, well, doesn't it, there is a different driver every race winning. Uh, but one thing I did notice over the last couple of races, especially um, is a, a name that we haven't talked about really a lot in sprint cars is Casey Kane's been running near the front. And uh, I, you know, we hear Casey Kane as car owner, but you don't necessarily think of him as a driver in the sprint car series, but uh, he's been running near the front the last few races. So, you know, that's good to see, you know, somebody who was at the, upper echelon in NASCAR who kind of um, faded a bit in NASCAR but uh, he's back to his roots where he learned the race and uh, it's good to see maybe we'll see shots in Casey Kaneland this weekend we'll have two more be <laughs> great right so yeah. I guess I guess time will tell we'll get into the upcoming stuff here in a little bit but uh, that was kind of it for the sprint car world lots of late model shows in a lot, you know, got kind of crazy. There was a little craziness, some drama, some good racing. There was some racing. I'm like, well, that was terrible. A little bit. Of <laughs> but uh, we'll, let's start over at uh, the Comp Cam Series. They opened up down at Boot Hill. They ran Friday and Saturday. And Friday, the race to me wasn't, I mean, you can tell me what your thought. Logan Martin won night number one. And it wasn't all that terribly exciting. You know, what did you see night one at Boot Hill? Actually, I didn't watch night one. I just watched uh, uh, night two. I watched that one live, actually, and saw saw the uh, the drama. <laughs> there was, and, and Bert, go ahead. Why don't, why don't you just tell the viewers here what you saw, kind of what happened there, because it was drama, and then we're going to weigh in on that, because I, I may have gotten into a little bit of a heated dispute right there on Facebook with, with some, <laughs> I don't even know. Right. Kind of feel like some guys. Are I, talking I, politics. I, I can't, I, I can't believe that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm usually, I, I usually just kind of keep my opinion to myself said uh, that's, that's but, not true. <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, there are some good drivers at that race. Uh, uh, both Myers were there. Uh, Kay Dillard, uh, uh, what Timothy Culp, he was the one who was leading most of the race. Uh, well, Billy Moyer Jr. Um, was fast, but he was all over the place. And then he eventually fell back. Uh, but Billy Moyer was running second. And I think there was, I think it was about half, they were a little past halfway. There was uh, 22 think, laps to go. Yeah. And coming off of four, I mean, Culp was running the bottom 
and Moyer went high and in the middle of the front stretch, I mean, Moyer just drilled the rear of Culp, spun him out, uh, blew his rear tire out. They both went spinning, kind of came to a rest next to each other. And then I think they had a stare down for a little bit. Then Moyer tried to move and then Culp would gun it, try to block them. And, uh, you know, they're playing, playing uh, hide and seek a little bit. Um, but, I mean, my initial reaction was, what was Moyer, what was he thinking? You know, because I, you know, I put all the blame on him after I saw it initially. Um, after I watched the replays, I still think it was his fault. Um, I mean, I, I saw on Facebook too. I don't know if, if this is the same thread that you were commenting on, but, uh, you know, some of the comments were, well, you can't be blocking and this and that, but I mean, I never raced late models before. So, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say, well, you know, why didn't this guy do that? But from the time I've been around racing, a lot of cars, you race on the low side, but you're going to drift up in the middle of the straightaway. I mean, you don't stay on the bottom of the track through the straightaway. Your momentum's going to push you out unless you know there's somebody behind or next to you. And then, you know, you compensate for that. But Moyer was not not next to him. He didn't even have his nose next to him. And if you watch the replay where he hit him, I mean, he hit him square in the tail. And so I think what happened was Moyer saw a lane there and he just he just went for it. But the lane closed real fast. <laughs> yeah, you know, here is so Cade Miller inherited the win because they, you know, I think Moyer, they put him to the back and then Culp, he got a flat, he goes in, he comes back out, and he's arguing, he's trying to get his spot back. It's yep. like, dude, you changed your tire. I mean, yeah, you got ran into it. It wasn't your fault, but I don't I care mean, what rule it is. I you mean, go in the pits, you go to the back. I mean, we, We've argued about the, about the, uh, the no-fault spin rule and that sort of thing, but th there's no way you're getting your spot back if you change a tire. <laughs> no, I, I, I haven't seen it, I guess, you know, I mean, and if it is, it's been a mistake or something, but yeah, so I don't know what he was thinking there, but, but yeah, you're right, you know, and, and that track, right, is, is like a paper clip deal, so it's, it's got fairly long straightaways, but it's fairly narrow, kind of tighter corners, so when you run in the bottom there, you, you have to arc it out, I remember watching Daryl Nelson for years up in Duluth, up, at, you know, he's from Hermantown, but at Proctor, he, no matter where he ran, his right side tires will often go off the back straightaway. Like he, he kind of created his own line so he could arc it in however he wanted getting into three. He did that for years. And, and watching that entire race, watching Timothy Culp, he wasn't real smooth. He bobbly slid up a few times. He, he was not, I mean, he was, he was going to lose the race. He wasn't going to win. Moyer, if he had any patience, which he always had, well, should have drove right by him, you know? But the most, I guess, watching that race, when he was running the bottom, he kind of ran the same line every lap on the bottom of the corners, arced it out, rolled back in. That's the line he was running. And that's the line you have to run because I put on the thread, I'm like, the only people that run the bottom of the straightaway are called lap cars. <laughs> you don't run the bottom of the straightaway. Yep. You just don't do it. It never happens. So you're exactly right. You know, you have to arc it out to set yourself up for entry and I don't think that Moyer necessarily just saw an opening there. I think he just said, screw it, I'm going to dump him because that looked intentional to me. I mean, because, I mean, he was behind him the lap before, I think maybe even two laps before he had gotten into second. 
and that's the line he was running. And he even had to hit the brakes for him a little bit the lap before. So he knew it was happening. It just happened a lap before. And this this time here, he just drove square in the back of him and dunked him and raced basically over for both of them. It's like, I'm a big Billy Moyer guy. You know, I, I mean, I, I consider him the GOAT. I, I think he's number one. I think Bloomquist is number two. That's the order that I put him in. And that right there is maybe, I'm like, Billy, what are you thinking? You know, I mean, and, and people saying that he's blocking. Okay, first of all, you don't block with 22 laps to go. If it's one lane lockdown rubber, yes, you're going to block. You're going to do that. Okay. But it wasn't. I mean, there was a couple different lines there. You ain't blocking. That's just the groove he ran. So, so I don't know. I mean, I honestly haven't seen many dirt late model guys throw a block unless it's maybe a last lap deal or something like that. It's rare that you see somebody like throw a block 22 laps to go. And, and I'm, we're going to play this. I am going to put the video footage of this incident on here. So that way fans take a look at it you know, make your own decision, maybe even put in the thread what your thoughts are on this deal. You know, yeah, was was he kind of using up the whole track? In my opinion, absolutely. But that's the line he was running and, and Moyer drove right in the back of him and dumped him. So fans, uh, we'll let you weigh in first. Is there anything you want to add on that? Well, I mean, there may be some credence to your theory that he just dumped him because, you know, what surprised me was if Moyer, if this was a mistake on Moyer's part, you don't see that happening with 22 laps to go. I mean, have some patience. And I mean, chances are you're, you know, like you said, Culp probably wasn't going to win that race anyway, have some patience and you're going to eventually get around them. He had patience when he was behind his kid who was looking like a fly swatter. Up there. So, I mean, <laughs> you know, you know, I guess you can have patience with one, you got to patience with the other, but needless to say, I neither one of them won. Kate Dillard uh, parked his MB customs in victory lane. So hats off. He'd been struggling, Bertie. You know, whether that was a big world of outlaw win or whatever, he needed a win. So it yep. was a good little confidence booster for Dillard coming into, I guess, the heart of the world of outlaw late model season. So then we head down to Cochrane Speedway down in uh, Cochrane, Georgia. They ended up having a doubleheader down there. And I, I misspoke, actually. Um, in, when I interviewed Bloomquist Pit Guy, he thought that Bloomer was on the front row of that deal. And I think he ended up starting like third row. I, I don't think he started on the Yeah, I row. noticed that because I, I started watching. It's like, why is Bloomer starting that far back? I thought he yeah. was on the front row. <laughs> yeah, I thought, I, and I looked everywhere for it online. And, I couldn't find a lineup I, anywhere. I think he could have started on the front row, and it wouldn't have mattered in, in his yeah, outcome. He, he, dude, he, <laughs> but, I mean, here's the deal. He passed Overton three times. <laughs> I mean, going the wrong way, right? So, and then that's really what that race came down to. 20 grand to win. That was a makeup show from last fall. And uh, that was on Friday. Saturday, of course, they had a 5,000 deal. And big, sexy Brandon Overton absolutely put the beat down on the boys in both of them. And I think it was, what was it, 75 laps that first night, I think is what it was. It was a longer race. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, I think, and I, I believe Bloomer got lapped three times, and and one of them there was a yellow. At least twice. Yeah, <laughs> so he might have got he might have got one of them laps back, but he, it was like he was running a six oh four crate against the. Well, not look good. I mean, wh whether this is the case or not, uh, I did watch the post race interviews from Saturday night show because uh, Bloomquist did rebound and finish second in that feature, he did. and actually he did. actually was running pretty much with Overton, right. Um, but uh, they interviewed uh, Bloomquist after the race, and he said that uh, 
they found an issue with one of the shocks on Friday night and they had to, you know, do some fixing on that. So whether that's the case or not, I don't know, but that's what he said. I would say that, and I didn't see that interview. So you're probably spot on because it's not, I mean, Boomquist has been laughed. They've all been laughed before, but not three times. I mean, right. he was, he was really slow. And then, and then as good as he was, you're right. Us on Saturday, he was not on him, but he was, he was right. He was able. Five, six, he was in, in striking distance. If something would have happened in lap traffic, he might have got to him. But he was right. comfortably in second. So it was like two different race cars. And, and I'm telling you, if you're off a little bit in the late model, you're off a lot. I mean, there is. I mean, if you're off a little, you're off a lot. So, so it was actually good to see Bloomer flip that around and get a good solid run out of that on day two. Yeah. Now, <coughs> before we about, move on, though, you're talking earlier about uh, t-shirts and uh, Bloomquist and souvenirs and stuff. And I don't know if well, I've shared some of the stuff with you, but it, I don't know if Bloomquist is trying to make up merchandise, but uh, he's racing a different uh, graphic scheme almost every race in the month of March. <laughs> Yeah, well, I, I talked to Joe Pravo, and, and what he said is, talking to Bloomquist, he said that that's the easiest way for him to get sponsors. So so basically, he has a deal for his wraps, right, and in, in, in aluminum. I think he's sponsored by, I think, Risco, but I'm not sure. So it doesn't take much for him to do that. So then he, he lines up a deal for a sponsor, whether it's for a weekend or for okay, maybe okay. a few weeks, and that, that sponsor money basically pays his whole way. So He's going to, I'm sure it's Bloomer. He's pretty crafty. He may capitalize, like you said, in more oh, ways sure. one. Bert's going to have like that, that whole glass <laughs> shelf. It's going to be all 2021 Scott Bloomquist. Okay. He's going to have a bunch of them. So, so yeah, I, I tell you, there's, I would say, you know, as far as apparel, merchandise, um, collectibles, Scott Bloomquist changed the game in Dirt Lake. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and, and he really took it to a whole nother level. So, you know, hats off to him. I mean, oh, yeah. I, I think uh, my best year, I sold like 250 shirts. And he's probably, <laughs> I guarantee you, not not probably, I guarantee you he's had nights where he sold way more than that. So, and uh, that, that's just a testament to the career that he's had. So another race there, Bert. Well, let's get that. Let's ask, I'm going to skip this one. We'll come back to this one. But uh, the Southern All-Stars, we're down at the Southern Raceway. They had a, a pair of shows down there. Um, they had ran the week before. And the week before, it was almost the World of Outlaw Lucas show at Cherokee. Like, everybody was there. And uh, they went down here, and there was a lot of other stuff going on. So it was mainly the guys following that deal. Kind of uneventful. G.R. Smith won on night number one. Rusty Schlank, night number two. Did you watch any of that action, Bert? I didn't get to see any of the of the, those races. Yeah, not not great. Kind of a sandy, not very racy. But you know, here's an example where a announcer can can make up for lack of entertaining racing because it's dirt track racing, right? I don't care where you go. Cedar Lake's one of the best tracks in the Midwest. I've seen some amazing racing, and I've seen some absolute garbage racing there. It don't matter what track it is. It's dirt track. It's just the way it happens. But their announcer, um, man, I don't, uh, it's Dwayne something. It's Dwayne. I know that. And But he's just off, off, his, off the rails, man. He is just super exciting. I mean, you can tell he's just got that passion in his voice, and he's got nicknames for everybody. And when something happens, I mean, he... He makes it exciting, so it actually makes it watchable. And and uh, so 
that's an example right there. And you can jump on, on Dirt on Dirt, I believe, has the replay of the features for, for both of these races. So if you're a subscriber to that, jump on, watch that, and uh, just listen to that announcer. I mean, it's a little different style than we're used to up here in the Northland, Bert, but, but exciting. And, and for me, I appreciate an announcer that's got passion, right? Not somebody that's there just kind of reading off the sheet going, you know, hey, here's the lineup. This dude's fired up. He loves what he does. He loves racing. And, and it's just great to see that. So I, I got to be honest, I want to get down there and meet this guy. Because uh, I, I think it'd be kind of fun maybe to get him on the show because he, that dude gets fired up for sure. Now, another race that uh, was kind of shitty actually was the toilet bowl. Kind of funny how that <laughs> I did watch. I did watch that on Dirt <laughs> on Dirt. Full field of 11 late models for five grand a win. I, I don't know if Mother Nature played a part and some people just went other directions. I'm not sure what. But uh, Tanner English got his first toilet bowl victory, five grand a win. And the track was actually not horrible. I mean, it, you could tell it was wet. They had some weather there. But uh, yeah. anything stick out to you from, uh, I guess that would have been Clarksville, Tennessee? Um, actually, the biggest thing that stuck out to me was the trophy that the winner gets. Did you see that? <laughs> the porcelain <laughs> throne, baby. Yeah, they get an actual <laughs> toilet bowl. That's what they get. You know, and that's kind of neat, you know. And I don't know. I don't know why there were so few cars. I mean, it's been pretty well attended in years past. Maybe it was the weather. I'm not sure. There's yeah. quite a lot of other stuff going on. I know uh, in the post-race interviews, uh, uh, Dennis Erb, they interviewed him. He finished second. And uh, he thanked the track for uh, getting the show in because of all the rain that they had. So it must not have just been a rain shower. They must have got quite a bit of rain down in that yeah. area. Yeah, that's what I'm guessing there. And it's, it's neat, right? Their hats off to them guys because... You know, it's fun. It's it's a fun deal. It's unique. I mean, I've never heard of the toilet bowl giving away a toilet for a, a trophy, right? <laughs> but I mean, it's unique, right? You know, as a racer, I've won a lot of races. I've been pretty fortunate in my day through the Wasona region, and and a lot of the trophies look exactly the same. You know, and not to discount one more than the other. You know, it is what it is. But I always thought it was cool when I won somewhere and then I got a trophy that was totally different right. than all the other ones. And uh, I think that's pretty cool when tracks do that kind of stuff. So if you're watching the and, show run a racetrack, pay attention, come up with something cool. And it was, it was good to see Tanner English win. I mean, I didn't realize this uh, be, before I watched his post-race interview, but uh, apparently he's been going to that race since he was a kid because his dad raced. So he would, you know, go to the race with his dad. And he said it was always his goal to win the toilet bowl. So in, in that regard, it, you know, it was really cool for him. Keep an eye on him, Bert. He looked pretty good down at Spokane. Yeah, yeah. You know, Lucas Oil, of course, Rookie of the Year in 2020. And uh, I was pretty impressed. He had some really good runs down there during speed weeks. I'd, I'd be watching for him to park that baby in victory lane. I think he's going to maybe be one of them young guns that maybe, uh, you know, there's a young contingent during late models, <laughs> super late model racing. And he's just another one of them that uh, kind of watch for him. He's He's up on the wheel. He's fun to watch. And, and I'm expecting to see some big things out of him. So that's uh, Tanner English there. Now, another race uh, down in Kentucky, Florence Speedway. Um, wow. Wow. Yeah. Um, wow. <laughs> some, of those some of those cars may have been stripped after the race and put back on the jig. <laughs> yeah. So, so Bert, why don't you just kind of talk about what you saw there? Good contingent of cars, right? I mean, they had 
They, I think they had Pierce and RTJ and Brian Shirley and Jimmy Owens and Turbo. And I mean, and there, there was more than that, but I mean, there was a good contingent. There was a quality group of race cars there. What stuck out to you? Well, well, I mean, obviously the track conditions was the thing that stuck out. Um, I, my understanding is this is a, like, this is a annual race that they have down in Florence. And, you know, this is one of the, one of the issues you run into when you run spring races, you know, uh, if, if you don't have time to get on the track early enough to prepare it properly, or if there's still frost in the ground, um, it can create some, uh, rough conditions. And, um, I, I think rough is, is an understatement in, <laughs> in what the track conditions were. I mean, more than, more than once, more than five times, probably even more than 10 times, a car had all four wheels off the ground at one time. I mean, there's, there, I mean, they, it was just complete. I mean, in three and four, if you drove right through it, you were bouncing all over the place. I mean, there is actually a few times where I, you know, where they were actually bicycling on two wheels, they'd hit the rut and kind of go up on their side and then come back down. And uh, I read in an article that Jimmy Owen said it was uh, um, like racing a motocross race. <laughs> well, I mean, when he, he had the lead there, right. And RTJ yeah. caught him. And when he hit that hole, I mean, the car just started hopping. He had to have broke a shock or, or two or three or I'm not really sure, but <laughs> he was like literally hopping down the back straightaway. It's like, Oh my. And I, I, I was literally thinking about some of the people on Facebook and, you know, we've had conversations about having a track with some grip and a little character versus a track that is smooth and dry and as a racer, when I raced, I'm like, I want it black top to bottom, no marbles. I just want it clean and dry and we can all race because it's easier on equipment. As a fan, I'm like, uh, I don't really know. But uh, I, I think Owens might have broke something. I didn't really see or hear if he did. Maybe lots of stuff. They probably all did. But uh, Ricky Thornton Jr., <laughs> who started up front, and he backed up to like yep. fifth, and then he kind of worked his way back up there, and then he took home the win in that one. But let, let me ask you this, Bert. So you're a fan from a fan's perspective. I'm, I'll, I'll speak on a, both sides of the of the equation here. But if you had to choose between a track that is that's rough, that's got character, that's cars are bouncing and hooking ruts and all that, that's maybe that's a little bit more exciting versus a track that is kind of cleaned off and kind of gets one lane and not real aggressive racing. What do you, what would you rather actually watch? As a pure fan, I'd rather watch the rough. I'd rather watch the race that's exciting. If that means it's a little rough, um, you know, so be it. Um, I don't necessarily, I, I have to speak a little bit from not just a straight fan though, because I was on a pit crew for 20 years. So I do know um, some of the, you know, what a rough track can do to a car. I mean, as I was watching that race in Florence, I felt bad for the drivers. I really did. But I'm sitting there thinking, this is actually a fun race to watch, though. And compared to some of the races we've watched the last couple of weeks that were day races where it was everybody fight for the bottom, follow, follow the car in front of you. From a fan perspective, rough and exciting is better. Yeah, and, and I'm with you, right? So as a racer, I hate the rough. Now, if I'm on a little bull ring, like a quarter mile deal or a little turn and burn deal, 
And depending on the type of clay, right? Because some tracks, the clay is really aggressive. So when there's holes, I mean, it just destroys stuff. I remember going up to Superior Gondic Law Speedway back in the day when that place, you know, in the 90s, it used to be really rough and you'd like rip the frame in half. I mean, it was horrible because that clay was, it just grabbed the car and just chew it up. But if you get on a track that's a little bit grittier, that, that maybe doesn't have that aggressiveness to it, then the chop's not quite as bad. I mean, it's it's still hard on equipment, but you can deal with it. And and sometimes it you kind of as a driver you learn how to kind of get through the holes and navigate that and cross them over. And you know you're staying on the gas through the holes and kind of coming across them. It it really does take some technique. It's a different skill set than just trying to hold the traction in the car. Um, if I, as a driver, especially one that was on a budget. I want it clean, black, easy on equipment, not having to worry about wrecking shocks and ball joints and all kinds of crankshafts and all kinds of stuff. Because, I mean, <laughs> that gets expensive. But as a, as a fan, I want racing, right? I want, I want to see multiple lanes of racing. I like when they're chucking sliders. I like when they're going fast. I love when they're diamonding and crossing over. And I had somebody ask me the other day, and I think it was on Facebook. They said, well, how come nobody ever talks about like multiple lane dry slick tracks? Because in late model, you don't get it most of the time. It's rare in a late model to have a, a dry track that has multiple lanes of racing. I'm not saying it never happens, but it's rare. In modifieds, you're, you're exactly right. I mean, late models can go out there, be trained up on the dry slick and the mods come out, they're dicing, slicing, they're all over the track, three, four lanes of racing. And we saw that down uh, at the USMTS show last week at the RPM Speedway. It was black top to bottom. They're racing all over that thing. Five-way battle for the lead on a dry slick racetrack. Late models, they tend to not do that. And, and that's my issue is like, I want to watch a good late model race. More often than not, you need a little grip, a little character, a little something. You know, you think Fairbury. I love watching Fairbury, and I wouldn't say that place is the smoothest racetrack in the world. I've seen lots <laughs> of chop in that track. But the fact is, it is dang exciting. And even the racers who ra hate racing on that, they all agree. I talked to Jody Belfi. He goes, I don't even know if I download there, but I love watching there. And then, so it's a different perspective depending on where you are. But I think both of us, I think we'd agree that as long as there's two, three lanes of racing where they're actually like, competing and side by side and battling for position. I don't care if it's dry, sticky, wet. I don't care what it is. I just want racy. I want exciting and I want some action. And uh, I, I, exactly. Exactly. And, and, I mean, um, you know, I always find it funny that, you know, on Facebook every now and then there'll be, you know, people complaining, oh, tracks always dry slick or you know others will be complaining they put too much water on it it's, it's always it's always too tacky and for me i don't care what i don't care if it's too tacky or if it's or if it's dry slick as long as you can race multiple grooves that's all i want to see as a fan well let's go let me go one step further right let's let's take i'm going to dissect this one step further on a local level because this, this is more of a a national level so most of these guys are really talented most of them got big pocketbooks behind them but on a local level they don't have big pocketbooks most of them right most people are budget racers and most people don't race three four nights a week they race one night a week right maybe they'll hit a second track but most people run one night a week well as a fan right the one thing that i hate is when it's predictable 
And, and when oh, the yeah. track, on a regular night, if it's slicked up top to bottom and you got like two good heats of cars, we got 14 to 18 cars, not a huge field. A lot of times you can look at it and be like, this one's over. The track's black top to bottom. That person is going to win, right? Because they're, because they're so much better on the drive. You get a lot more grip, a lot more throttle control. When the track's got some grip in it and a little bit of character, it's softened anytime anybody's game. I've seen people, you know, at my local tracks that you get them on a top to bottom dry slick track, Bert, they're not competing. It just ain't going to happen. They're, they're, they're out to lunch. But you give them some traction, you give them some grip, now they're in the conversation. Now the crowd's going, well, wait a second here. We got a few more people that are in this to maybe have a shot to win. So I think that's my appeal to it is, you know, anytime that you have an event, and, and again, when you have a Lucas Oil event, there's 10 guys that are fast. I mean, it's, you have that. But on a local level, you don't sometimes. So I, I like when the track evens out the playing field a little bit as a fan. And I think that's why as a driver, I'm like, I want to drive dry slip because I want to eliminate some of these guys, right? But as a fan, I want it to be more even out to where the racing's good and you just you really aren't sure who's going to win. Well, you, you always hear the saying that, um, you know, a, a dry slick track is more of a, um, you always say everybody's fast on a tacky track, where if it's dry slick, it kind of weeds out. Uh, it, it's more of a finesse track and uh, the drivers that are a little bit more of a finesse driver uh, do better on that type of yeah. a track. I, I, I used to say that all the time. The cream rises to the top on the dry slick, right? The money's made on the dry slick. But if you want to fill them grandstands up, they don't want they don't want that one or two guys winning every race. They just don't, you know. So that's a that's a tough game because I also don't believe in the affirmative action deal where we make the track that way so people can keep up, right? So <laughs> you sharpen their pencil a little bit, and get better on the drive. So there, there's that aspect of it too, you know. So I mean, the people that are really good on the drive maybe have done their homework, put themselves in a position to be fast there. So that's kind of that opportunity there for everyone. And and I mean, in defense of the track in Florence, I mean, I, I'm sure it wasn't their intention for the track to be that rough. It's just, you know, like I said before, it's just uh, that's what happens when you have early spring races. You know, I mean, how many tracks in Wisconsin, you know, the first couple of weeks, they, they're a little bit rough because, you know, the, the frost is still coming out of the ground and, you know, it, cold temperatures and that sort of thing. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely spot on now. There's, there's a bunch of races coming up. So that that's basically, a, you know, a, the weekend review. That's kind of what happened on, you know, around the country in the racing world. Before we move on, though, I have one more thing to say. I and mean, I, I told you, I texted you this uh, as I was watching races. Uh, it's kind of refreshing watching these races. The crowds are really good. There's no social distancing and there's no masks either. So... Maybe. Well, yes, that is a good thing. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Um, and maybe, maybe we, as long as things stay good, maybe we'll have somewhat of a normal summer. <laughs> Knock on wood, right? Well, Minnesota announced, you know, I'll just say it right here. Uh, going into last week when we were doing the show, it was a 250 per venue at racetracks in Minnesota. And, and over the last week, they opened that up to 10,000. There's a couple restrictions, but they, they open it up enough to where you're going to be able to get as many people on a racetrack as you want. Now. So I'm pretty excited about that. 
might have to play the game a little bit, but I'd rather play the game than not have racing. So, right. so that's exciting for Minnesota. Now this weekend, and we'll just start. You keep peeking your head over there. Any first, anything exciting happening over there on the big half mile? Um, well, we're recording this on Tuesday night. It's, I don't know what, like uh, seven o'clock on Tuesday night. And they're running the sport mod feature the first sport mod feature, which was supposed to be run on Monday night. So they haven't even started Tuesday's program yet, except I think they may have run some of the late models from Tuesday's program earlier, but did like they, did they run all the heats earlier or no, is it, or is no, it, I think, I think just the late models, they still have the open mods and the stock car heats yet. <laughs> it's going to be a late night in Bristol, and, Tennessee for sure. And they're starting at nine in the morning on Wednesday because of, possible weather later in the day <laughs> they may just race it might be like the boone super nationals right they might just race all the way through right? yeah that, that, i don't this might be it i don't i don't know if they have any curfews there or not <laughs> <laughs> so well let me ask you this so so first of all i mean you know i got i don't know exactly sure who's all down there from our neck of the woods i don't think it's many from wasota area i know that uh Aaron Johnson i interviewed him um last year at the end of last year he's down there running a um, running an IMCA modified, they actually they they call it modified, not an IMCA sanctioned show. And then also uh, Trevor Anderson, Dirt Track Supply over in Watertown, he's down there with his modified. So best of luck to them guys. Now Bert, you know who are some? I mean, we'll we'll talk about late models in just a minute here. But you got a lot of people from your area. Anybody stick out that you're like, I'm really keeping an eye on this guy, or is there somebody that maybe you expect some big things from down there? Um, uh, well, I, I'm keeping an eye on uh, Justin Ritchie. He's uh, Justin Ritchie's the Dirt Kings late model champion from uh, last year. He's not racing his late model down there. He has his IMCA modified. Uh, he did make the qualifying feature um, for the first day's program, but I believe he was caught up in a wreck, so uh, he didn't finish very well. Um, Josh Long is down there. He's from uh, Swamico. And uh, he qualified for a qualifying feature, but he, he wasn't in the top five. Um, White Black, who's from my hometown, uh, he's down there, but uh, he ended up on top of another car at the end of the front stretch on one of the starts. Um, so that wasn't a good start for him. Uh, Tyler Wilson's from Northeast Wisconsin. He actually won a heat and started on the pole in the first IMCA modified feature. And he was running in the top five, but I'm not quite sure where he finished at the end. Uh, but a driver from uh, your neck of the woods had an impressive run, um, Mark Noble. Oh, he did in, in the yeah. IMCA mod? He, yeah, in the IMCA mod. Uh, he was up to third at, I don't, I don't know if that's where he finished, but he was up to third and he started, I don't know, like 17th or something like that in the qualifying feature. So, uh, uh, they were saying that uh, he raced in Bristol 20 years ago when they ran there. So really, really, <laughs> yeah. That so, that guy has flat out won a ton of races. Uh, of course, from Southern Minnesota down there, but uh, you know, one of the best ever to strap in from the state of Minnesota in a modified. So yeah. So so yeah. If you, if you see me looking like this, I have Bristol on the TV as we're recording what? this. Right. Well, Jeff shot me over. Our late model expert. He shot me over, and he said. Uh, he goes, yeah, they just kind of called out some people because there's people that, you know, it's $34 a month, right, for the for the subscription for Race XR. Not a big deal. Heck, you can even cancel it at the end of the month. You ain't got to pay the whole year. And there's people that are literally 
like they're viewing it and then they're going Facebook live like like that. And it's like, dude, come on, you know, I mean, and I get it. I mean, everybody's kind of scrapping for money and all that. But I mean, that's I mean, they're trying to run a business there, you know. So, I mean, I help out Dirt Race Central. I, I don't want them to do it to ban, you know. So, I mean, it's probably not a cool thing to be, you know, Facebook living it like that to let everybody watch it for free. You know, it's, you know, they kind of call people and they said, we know who you are. We can kind of track that. So, I mean, if we have to, we'll, uh, you know, we'll, we'll find well, charges. And it's like, I, I heard him call somebody out yesterday when I started watching it. And I, and I thought, wow. And then uh, they called somebody out again today. And then they made a comment that uh, um, the person from yesterday, they've started legal action against them already. So uh, they're not messing around. No, I mean, it's theft really at the end of the day. I mean, they're trying to yeah. get a lot of expense putting that deal together. So, I mean, and I get it. I mean, I mean, I've seen it before people do it, but I mean, you know, if you want, if you want that to last, I mean, think about this. I mean, we all enjoy the fact that we can sit home and watch racing online. And if too many people are doing that, these, these streaming platforms are going to say, screw it. Why even do it? We're, we're not even making any money. And I like having the ability to watch these races. So don't screw it up for right. us. All right. Don't do that. So yeah, now let's get I, mean, I mean, they're doing a, a great job with the coverage and everything. So uh, I was, I was curious to see how, they're going to pull all this off. But so far, I mean, it's been pretty smooth. And I mean, it's cool how they stage the cars in the infield. And um, it, it's really a cool deal. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of moving pieces to it for sure. And it's coming together for them. Now let's talk late models, Bert, because there's a lot of classes. You've got mods, right? You know, Steve Arpin's going to be running. I guess we, I still consider him a Wasota guy. He's going to be running in the open mods later. So we, we'll be pulling for the double OA from Canada. But uh, they got so many classes, but at the end of the day, $50,000 to win the Bristol Dirt Nationals this coming Saturday night. A big field of late models there. Huge field of late models. Bert, who's your pick? I'm going to go with uh, Superman. <laughs> are, are you serious? Yeah. Bert, you, you can't be doing that. I, I don't know if you can see this, but you see my pick right there? Oh, Jonathan, Jonathan Davenport. <laughs> you, you're killing me. You're killing me. <laughs> well, there you, there you have it. The one to go show, Ryan and Bert both have, isn't that crazy? Superman, Jonathan Davenport. So I'm writing that down. So you got JD. I got JD. Now, our, our late model expert, he's really going out on a limb on this one. He says, uh, I'm picking Kyle Strickler to win. No, that's a that's a good pick. Strickler's been fast. He's really good on half miles. Really good. Volusia was like his home away from home. Very good at Volusia. Big half mile. Good pick. But then he says, I'm going to go with the Kyle, Kyle, Kyle show. He goes, because I think Strickler is going to edge out Kyle Larson and Kyle Bush is going to get third. I'm like, you're kind of an overachiever with this pick deal here, but so Jeff actually said, that's his prediction right there. Kyle Strickler, Kyle Larson, Kyle Bush. And uh, we all know Kyle Larson has been pretty good on the half miles in the late mile too. And that is Keith's pick. I, there might be a little man crush going on there. I'm not sure. Um, but, you know, that's something maybe his wife's going to have to talk to him a little bit. But he's got Kyle Larson. And Keith, I don't even know if this guy is going to be there or not. Is Brandon Shepard on the schedule to be there for this one or just the World of All Show? That I don't know. 
So he took Bishop. I'm not sure if he's going to be there or not, but if he is, that's who he has. Now, we've seen some wrecks already. I haven't watched a ton of it. I watched a few. There was a 602 that turned upside down. They got like 400 horse in it and will rip the car in half. These yeah, guys got like 900 horse. Another one of those crates rolled later in the program too. Um, oh, he did. And the thing is, when you wreck it, what I'm realizing, when you wreck at Bristol, if you hit the wall, I'm not sure if that car is going to be recoverable or not. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that place is wicked fast there. So there's uh, Troy Powers posted. He said, there's no small wrecks here. I mean, and that's what it was <laughs> like when I was racing Hibbing and Procter and Rapids, you go to Superior, I thought that place was big. And you take Superior and like put it in the infield at Bristol. So if you wrecked hard at Superior, you really wreck hard at Bristol. So mm -hmm. I hope everybody stays safe. I hope the weather cooperates. We can get some racing in. So we have some pretty cool stuff to talk about here coming up this week. Now, also, there's some Lucas Oil stuff going on. And I had my fingers crossed because the first thing I saw is uh, there, there's been a change of schedule for the Lucas Oil. I'm like, yes, they're actually moving weekends. Nope, they just moved the Friday show to Sunday because of weather coming in. So I had my hopes up, so but it didn't <laughs> quite happen. But uh, Saturday, they're going to be over at Brownstown and Sunday at Atomic. And uh, so kind of getting the Lucas Oil thing back underway here this spring. And I'm going to go ahead, and I'm just going to – I'm throwing it out there. I got Jimmy Owens to double up. I, he kind of looked pretty good the last couple times he's been on the racetrack. And uh, I'm, picking, uh, I'm picking the 20 ride to get to the front. Who do you have for uh, each of them shows? I'm going to take uh, Devin Moran for Brownstown and T-Mac for Atomic. Okay. And our late model expert, Jeff, went the opposite of you. He has uh, T-Mac for Brownstown, and he has Moran for Atomic. So, so you guys are kind of on the same page there. Maybe you're the late model whisperers or whatever. Pete, uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll see after the results. Yeah, we'll find out. We'll talk about our last week's pick in a little bit. Uh, Pete, uh, he's going with Jimmy Owens on night one and on night two, and I don't know if he's going to be there or not. Um, he's got Bobby Pierce winning night two. So I don't know if Pierce is running that or if he's going – to Bristol, I think. Do you know if he's in Bristol? I don't know. Okay, so that's who he has there. And then Keith, uh, Keith is on the turbo train. He's he likes that intensity of Tyler Erb, which is not a bad pick. So he's got turbo to win. So both of those races, of course, are going to be on Mav, so you can get catch the action there. Now, and of course, Bristol's on Race XR. Now we got the World of Outlaw Sprint Cars coming up, right? So we got a double header down there, both of them at the Cotton Bowl Speedway. So it's a pair of shows. I like them kind of shows as a racer. You get there, you race one night, you spend the night. You don't have to put everything away. You can race the next night. You can take what you learn night one, get a little faster on night two. That's kind of the goal. So they're down at the Cotton Bowl. Um, go ahead, Bert. Who do you got picked to win uh, the two World of Outlaw Sprint Car Nights? Um, the first night, I am going to go with uh, Donnie Schatz. Donnie Schatz looking for win number 300. Now, what's interesting, fans, is Donnie Schatz has been at 299 now since last, last basically the end of the season. And he had number 300, literally like it was there, like a couple laps away, MSD box <laughs> shit out on him, and that was it. And it's like, uh, I think by now, you know, six races in, he's probably like, I just want to get this stupid win done. I want to get this done so I can just focus because – 
you know, maybe, maybe he's kind of got them people asking him, are you going to get number 300? I, I don't know, but you want to get close to the milestones. If you know about them, it's nice to just get them out of the way so you can focus. So yeah. So you got Donnie shots on Friday and who do you got on Saturday? I will take Shuhart. Logan Shuhart, who is the world of outlaw sprint car point leader as we speak. And of course, uh, Brandon Overton is a guy that none of us picked for Lucas. And isn't he the point leader, Brandon Overton, for the Lucas Oil? Yes. How, yes. Do not, how do we not pick Brandon Overton when he's got six wins already this year and nobody else does? Because he doesn't commit to it. <laughs> that, that could be it. I think that's – I. I'm going to guess that he's going to be there. And I, it, honestly, when we're talking about that, it kind of slipped my mind. It's like, wait a second here. Why, why did we not pick Overton? Well, I'm going to stick with Jimmy Owens. I'm gonna although, stick. if he wasn't going to be at the Lucas show, you'd think he'd be at Bristol. Yeah, yeah. So that tells you right there that Big Sexy is going to be there. <laughs> so none of us picked him. So that just tells you what kind of experts we are. Um, <laughs> none of us apparently have a clue. Um, so then uh, – so you picked, uh, so yeah, you got Donnie Schatz and Schuhart. Jeff has Sam Haferteeth Jr. on night one and Donnie Schatz getting win number 300 on night two. Pete has Carson Macedo, who's been looking really good on night one. And he's got Logan Schuhart on night two. Our sprint car guy, Keith, he has David Gravel on night one and Sheldon Hoddenschild on night two. And I am going to go ahead and I am going to take Brad Sweet. I'm going to take the big cat. He came up just a little bit short in the last one. And uh, he's going to park that 40. That's a sweet looking car, Bert. I love that 49, right? <laughs> that blue and white, yellow. I'm like, I just love the look of that thing. And uh, in fact, I'm going to go out on a limb here. I'm going to do the same thing I did with the Lucas deal. I'm picking him to double up. So I got, I got uh, Brad Sweet to double up here this weekend. Both of these races on Dirt Vision. I'm excited for it. Johnny Gibson on the mic. I think it's Johnny Gibson, ain't it? On the, on the mic, he's a heck of an announcer there. Super exciting. Keith was kind of whining, Bert. I'm going to pick on him a little bit here. Can I, can I pick on Keith just a little bit? <laughs> sure. He's whining. He's like, why do they got to do the four wide and all this hoopla and all that? And I'm like, what? That is the world of all that. What are you talking about? And uh, he's like, well, I guess I can always I fast forward it through that. I don't have to watch all that, which you're right. <laughs> And uh, we kind of laughed a little bit because quite honestly, I mean, we've been race fans and racers and we've been involved for a long time, but, you know, I saw an article on Dirt on Dirt in regards to the late model side of things. And I think Ben Shelton said it. He says, you know, there's a lot of people that literally they go to one big show a year. Like they, they go to some weekly racing and then they save their money up. They go to one, like the world of all us come to town. They go there one time. That's, that's the only time they see them. So they want to put on that, I guess, spectacle every single time because that is the show. It'd be like going to the circus and not having the opening act. It'd be like, well, we do the circus every week. We're going to kind of skip this part. You don't do that, right? I mean, so uh -huh. part of the allure to the world of outlaws is all the extra stuff that they do. And and uh, as a fan, I, like me, I'm like, I don't know, sometimes I'd rather watch that than the race. That stuff just gets me jazzed up, almost like the – and it's just once a year at Cedar Lake with the USA Nationals, their their introductions there. That just gets me fired up. So, you know, and Keith is like, yeah, you know, you're right. I mean, they got to do it. But, you know, um, that's the nice thing, right? If you have, if you're watching online, right, if you're either watching live or watching a replay, you 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 can choose and you can only watch the parts that you want to watch. You don't have to watch that part. So, mm -hmm. so th there you go, Keith. 
You know, I've watched that one. <laughs> All right. So let's get it. And also sprint cars this weekend, the AC, the all-star sprints are back in action. Um, they're going to be down the Friday and Saturday. This is going to be on flow racing. Um, they're going to be down in Mesquite, Texas at the devil's bowl down there. So they're going to be back. And I'm one, I don't know if there's anybody that's running the world of outlaws right now that, you know, is going to transition over there. I know right. So ran with the all-stars, but now he's with, he's a rookie with the world of outlaws. So I don't know if that'll affect any car counts, but if you're a sprint car guy, you've got two full shows of sprint cars on Friday and two full shows of sprint cars on Saturday. Plus, there's some local stuff on there as well. And uh, the Com Camlates, that's another one we didn't really talk about. Um, was that, that was the one, I guess, at Boot Hill last week, the Com Camlates. Yeah. And uh, they're going to be at I-30. I think that's in Arkansas. I think that's by Little Rock, Arkansas. That is Saturday night. That's going to be on flow as well. So plenty of racing action, you know, whether it's Bristol, the Lucas Oil late models, the World of Outlaw Sprints, some other regional late models. There's enough stuff going on here, and we're just literally, I mean, we're now, I can taste it. We're just weeks away. <laughs> we're, like, we're like right there from racing in our area, and uh, I'm, I'm excited. I mean, I love watching the National Series, right? But I like watching our guys and gals from, my, from our area, so I'm super fired up for that. And what's the first track uh, in your area over there that opens up? Um, Shano and 141 are usually the first. I know Sh Shano is mid-April, what it's like the 16th or something, whatever that Saturday is around okay. that time. Um, okay. And that's a that's a Dirt Kings race. So, I mean, it, they're starting with a big late model show to start with. So they're going, they're going big right out of the gate. That'll be interesting because there's no, I think maybe Cedar Lake runs maybe, but I don't know if they have late models that night, but there's, it'll be interesting to see if they pull some cars maybe from Western Wisconsin over there for that Dirt King stuff. I sure hope so. I, I would love to see it. So, yeah. Yeah. So, um, have so, you talked yeah. to Anvilink? Is he going to follow that series? Have you heard anything? I have not talked to him, um, but uh, I, I don't know if he's following that, that series or not. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll have to check in with them because uh, as a fan, it's, it's I love following them point chases, but it'll be interesting. Any picks since we uh, had Dirt Kings on the Mayan? Is there somebody that you're like, this is a guy that's going to win it all this year? Uh, well, I mean, if Nick follows it, I would pick Nick. Um, but uh, if Nick doesn't follow it, I mean, it's really a handful of drivers. I mean, even if Nick does follow it, I mean, other drivers are capable of winning it. But, I mean, Nick's won it every year that he's followed it. So I, my, my saying is until somebody dethrones the champion – um, you have to go with the champion. <laughs> right, right. And that's nothing against Justin Ritchie, who won it right, last exactly. year, of course. Um, you know, is Mike Mullen, is he going to try to follow that deal this year? I know he ran some shows, too. He usually runs a limited late model schedule, so I don't know if he'll follow that entire series. I would love to see him follow that entire series um, because I think he definitely has the talent to uh, uh, contend for the title if he were to follow the entire series. Yeah, he's fun to watch, and they got a pile of cars there in that in that building there. So they got a lot and, of stuff going on. I mean, a driver I would watch too is uh, Ron Berna. Um, he he uh, has a he bought he's has a Longhorn chassis he got from McCready actually. He bought the car and still had McCready's tin on it. Okay, 
<laughs> so that was kind of that was kind of he took a picture of the Kari bot and it's number 39 Tim McCready's stuff all over it <laughs> <laughs> and, and he's a perennial powerhouse there he's right, ran very exactly. well for a long time so a lot of great drivers in that area I really like that series I really hope that that more people kind of continue to follow that because I mean they're all really good paying shows it's kind of a limited deal where you're not running 500 shows you know so it's good for dirt late model racing and i really hope they stream those races bert so i can watch more of them from where i'm at that would be cool so i might have to talk to the series promoter there a little bit to see if we can make that happen but let's get into the last lap um in the last lap talking about late models talking about late model drivers did you see the news on mike marlar i got this from jeff but i'll let you share because i know you saw it too i didn't read the story i just saw the headline he's going to be racing two different nascar divisions or something like that yeah trucks and cup at bristol um cup and, cool. okay yeah yeah so so he ran trucks already right did he run it eldora he eldora yeah and he yeah. ran pretty good um from what jeff was telling me i think he got like fourth or something like that like he he ran yeah, he well did. He did run very well. I, and I remember when he ran it, um, there's a little bit of controversy because he has a uh, oil sponsorship or something, which is a rival of a NASCAR sponsor. So he had to like cover up the sponsor, if I remember correctly. I remember hearing that. That's right, which is stupid, right? I mean, that, <laughs> that, that is, that's a terrible rule right there on, on NASCAR's part. Hopefully they don't make people do that. I'm sure they, that's kind of the corporate way for NASCAR. But let me ask you this, you know, so he's coming in. We're about a week and a half out from that deal. Um, the truck race, the cup race, a lot of these, there are several cup drivers that have experience on dirt. Several of them are racing this week um, in late, well, various classes. Um, how do you think Mike Marlar is going to fare? Um, do you think he's going to get a top 10 in the cup race? Do you think that's possible? Oh, uh, in the cup race? I would say it's more possible. It's it's more likely in the truck series. Um, I mean, anything's possible. Cup is a whole different animal. What team is he racing for? Um, I I, I don't remember. I, I let okay. me take a look. See if I can find it. Yeah, I don't. I don't have it right here in front of okay. me. Okay. I know Jeff sent it to me. I mean. Yeah. I guess, I mean, anything's possible because this is, this is so new for a lot of the cup drivers, you know, some of the cup drivers have never raced on dirt. Um, He's going to drive the 66 car um, and it says motorsports business management, the MBM motorsports team. Yeah. So I'm not familiar with that. Yeah, I'm not familiar with that at all. Okay. But uh, uh, yeah, yeah, that's, I mean, oh, for Carl Long, you know, have you heard that? Oh, name? okay, yeah, Carl I, Long. I, okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not familiar with that. I mean, actually, for Carl Long, that makes sense because that's one of the low budget teams in NASCAR. So, mm -hmm. I mean, put somebody in the car that has some dirt experience and see what happens. You know, I'm gonna go out on a limb here, Burton. I mean, this is it's a great equalizer, right? They're jumping on dirt. This ain't this ain't no paved race. It's a little bull ring. He's a bull ring guy, you know, as far as NASCAR goes. It ain't a bull ring as far as dirt goes, but uh, as far as NASCAR, 
I, I think as long as he stays out of trouble, I can see him getting a top 10 in that deal. I really can because, you know, racing on that dirt stuff, even if it dries out and takes rubber and all that, it's a totally different animal than racing on, on a paved track. So, you know, because he ran good in that truck deal, I, I'm gonna I'm just going to go out there and yeah. say tomorrow our top 10. Yeah, and I mean, it's not like he's the only driver who did that. I mean, Bobby Pierce raced a truck a few years ago, and he, he was – he may not have finished in the top five, but he was challenging for the lead at one point, but he was scraping the wall every time. So I can't remember exactly where he was in the final rundown, but I mean, Strickler he challenged too. for the lead. Yeah, Strickler ran well too. He was kind yeah. of battling up in there in the top 10. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, so they got some, I guess, cool things happening down at Bristol with a lot of dirt races. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of series as we talked about the Dirt King series. You know, and we're going to post these schedules. We're going to be able to go to the One to Go show, and I'm going to post all the schedules on there. But, uh, you know, another another series got announced. Like last year in the Wasota area, they announced the Stefa Street Stock Tour. Scott Vince, they call him the Red-Headed Rebel. Um, he, used to, uh, he actually owns um, RWR Swag, sponsors a lot of race teams, runs a Midwest Mod. He's actually down in Bristol. I know he got third in his heat. I don't know how he did in the preliminary feature. But he actually announced the Rebel Midwest Mod Series. I don't have the full schedule in front of me. I think it's seven, eight shows. I think they're all going to be a thousand to win. So kind of a nice little series for with sort of Midwest Modifieds. So hats off to Scott for all he does for dirt track racing. Excited oh, about that. I do have some news from Eastern Wisconsin too. Uh, 141 Speedway. Every year they have the. It's the. I believe it's called the King of the Creek. Five thousand or five thousand to win uh, IMCA stock car show. Uh, that is going to be ten thousand to win this year. Okay, so they're so, stepping up. See, they got. I suppose they kind of looked at it and they said they're doing ten thousand to win. A couple of them in Minnesota, just like everything else in life. Right, the, the Wisconsin's got to try <laughs> to keep up with Minnesota. It's just the way it is. So, congratulations, uh, Minnesota, leading the way on that one. Wisconsin following yet again. So more money on the line for those guys. And as a racer, that's, that's exciting. Now, another thing that, you know, I talked about it briefly and, you know, we got Outlaw Graphics and BuyResearch.com. Um, they came on as a sponsor and they're really going to be the primary sponsor to the new show we have airing starting in the beginning of April. We're going to continue this show. This is, this is our primary, but we're going to be covering the power rankings for um, the regional late models like we did last year with soda modifies with soda super stocks with soda midwest mods and with soda street stocks and that's coming together and kind of working on a top 10 right now i've been kind of messaging a few people and i know some feathers are going to get ruffled because there's going to be some people left out of the initial top 10 and that's just the fun part so if you don't like that you didn't make the top 10 it's all bert's fault um bert layman l-e-h-m-a-n um, just blast them on Facebook. If you don't like where you end up on there, um, I'm putting it all on him. So excited about that. But let's get into last week's picks. We talked about some picks for this week, right? You know, we uh, we already kind of talked about who we picked. And last week, uh, looking at, P at Pete, Pete got Brandon Overton right. So he, he got one out of the four or whatever. Um, I got Overton right as far as down at the Gobbler. Um, I just can't get it right in the sprint car deal. I just can't. Um, Keith, he texted me. He goes, I picked Suhart for the wrong night. All right. Sorry, buddy. Like, <laughs> you, you can't say, well, I took Suhart and 
Macedo, and then like I get a half a point. Them. I yeah. get a half a point. <laughs> You're gonna give them all right. So <laughs> no, so with, yeah, I was gonna say we we can go that road, but uh, no, I don't no. Know. And and we got another controversial one here too, right? So so Jeff actually got David Gravel right. He got that one right, and he got over <clears throat> Overton right. But then he picked Shannon Babb to win at Florence. Well, I'm I'm kind of the king of picking people that aren't there. Like I'm good at that. And he texted me, and he, he in the group text he put, um, "No Bab, I'm taking RTJ." Well, sorry, that one don't count. It just is what it is. You can't. Like I did not get to pick a new driver right after the fact. I just did not. And Bert, I am sorry. Do you? I I know you picked Boomquist to win at the Gobbler. Do you? No, I no I didn't. <laughs> I picked Bloomquist two weeks ago, and uh, after that you, race, I told myself it'll be a while before I pick him again. Did, did you take Overton too? I think. I think so. I had. I, to I think we all took Overton. <laughs> I was like, I'll give you Bloomquist. Do you remember who you picked for the sprint cars? And do you remember who you picked for Florence? I think I took Sweet the second night. Oh, and I took Messino. Yeah, you took Messino the one night. of them. Yeah, and then do you remember who you took at Florence? Did you pick anybody for Florence? Uh, it wasn't RTJ. Yeah, I know I took Pierce and somebody took Shirley and it wasn't RTJ for you. So so you got, so Pete got one, I got one, you got one. Keith, sorry, man, that many for Keith. And, and Jeff got two. So Jeff is our winner from last week. So I'm sure he won't be bragging about that whatsoever but uh i kind of got a little bit of a running tally i don't have it in front of me once we get a few more weeks in we'll we'll start kind of keeping tabs on where we're all at on here and we'll have a little fun with that we'll have to have a little contest or something so excited uh bristol's still on it's i mean Bert, you're just gonna have to skip work tomorrow if you want to you want to stay up <laughs> and catch all the action live from the bristol dirt nationals um i guess what sticks out to you you know a lot of racing coming up what are you most excited for this upcoming week um well i mean i'm most excited for watching the rest of bristol this week i'm the most exciting thing i'm looking forward to at bristol right now actually is watching the imca stock cars because that's where i think the eastern wisconsin drivers have the best chance of uh um having top finishes um because it's just a tough division in Eastern Wisconsin. And I think they match up well against uh, um, drivers from across the country. Uh, I do find it interesting. Bristol, it, I'm still trying to gauge how racy it is. Um, I mean, there is passing, but it looks like it's tough to pass. <laughs> um, I think most of the passing is gonna be done on the straights entering the corners. I don't think anybody's going to be passing on the outside in the corners. So yeah, it's, um. it's a big half mile. I mean, we'll see. I mean, when, when they get more power behind the rear wheels and kind of blow that track up to the wall, if, if it can clean off somehow, maybe um, it'll be interesting to see. I'm actually most excited for the Lucas oil races coming up this weekend. Um, you know, get them back. Them have been so good. And then young guns between, Devin Moran, Hudson O'Neill, Ricky Thornton Jr., Tanner English, just to name a few, to see if uh, Jimmy Owens can finally get in victory lane here with that 20. Brandon Overton, another. I mean, obviously, he's been a stud. You know, so I'm, I'm super excited to watch him Lucas races, and 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 I am. I guess uh, Keith is going to be all smiles. I just dogged him a little bit, but 
it's hard not to be excited about that World of All Out Spring Car Race too. That's been pretty and good. One thing that's cool about Bristol is uh, they're working up the track on a regular basis. Uh, they actually have uh, three of those contraptions hooked to the tractors that dig up the track a little bit. And um, I should probably know the official name of them, but I don't know what, <laughs> what it's called. Um, but I mean, they're using the time because they stage a bunch of races in the infield and then the races after that stage outside. So then they have to cross the, you know, cross the cars from one side to the other and bring the other. So they use that time to work up the track. So, I mean, it's, they're actually pretty efficient and, and how they're doing things. So, uh, um, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to watching that. Well, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully mother nature can cooperate. Another thing we didn't, last thing we didn't touch on here, and we're going to probably do it. Well, not probably, we are doing another show, but just to give people a little leadway on it. Um, I know that Ben Shelton and the boys from Dirt on Dirt put together the Flow Racing Night in America series. And uh, the first one of those is next Thursday, the 25th, um, down at the 411. We talked about that track kind of being a, one of those kind of fun tracks to watch at 20 grand to win on a Thursday. So I'm expecting to see a hell of a field of cars because they're, they got a pretty nice little purse at the end of the year payout uh, for the point fund and stuff. So that that's about a little over a week out from where we are right now. So, so don't forget about that one as well. And uh, one of the races I watched this last weekend, Ashton Winger was racing there and I saw an interview with him. He plans on following that, uh, that series. Yeah, they, that's good. They, they talked about quite a few people that were gonna, so it'll be exciting to see how that all works out. And, you know, any, any closing thoughts there, Bert? Uh, Jeff got one up on us. I, he did. I just, it, it sucks. I hate when that happens, but uh, that's not going to last long. I, I tell you, we're going to, we're going to overcome him, but any last thoughts here on episode number 71A? Um, I'm actually going to close out the show with a little bit of asphalt news. Um, I have to say congratulations to Ty Majeski, who's originally from Seymour, Wisconsin. Uh, <clears throat> he won the Rattler 250 uh, this last weekend in Alabama. Um, and he's the first four-time winner of that event. Um, he wins pretty much any super late model race he enters. It's I just wish he could get a a quality NASCAR ride to see what his talents could do uh, in in the NASCAR um, world. Yeah, and you hit you you added the word quality because he might be able to get a NASCAR ride, but let's see what right. he can do it in good equipment. Get him in a good ride. Get him with a exactly. good. And uh, yeah, it'd be another. It'd be great to see. I mean, we already saw the damage a Wisconsin guy, Upper Midwest. I mean, Ken Seth, you know, former champion from the Upper Midwest there. So it'd be nice to get another guy from the Upper Midwest. Uh, at the top level of asphalt racing. So with that said, I tell you what, always enjoy talking racing fans. I hope you enjoyed the little bit of time you got to spend with Bert and I, you know, what we're going to, we're excited. We got racing coming up. I mean, it is nonstop and we're full throttle green flag all, all the way ahead now to the end of the year. Um, I guess the, our region is just right there on the cusp of things starting up. So, so just keep an eye on us. we got some exciting things happening. I'm Ryan. That is the Bert Lehman. And, as Pook always says, go out there and be your dream. Thanks for tuning in to the One to Go Show. Perfect. A production of Goat Sports Media, LLC.